put that coffee down. Coffee is for creators only. My name is James Newcomb, and I'm inviting you to an exclusive accountability program that will help you set and achieve your creative goals. It costs nothing but your time and patience. Go to coffeeisforcreators.com to learn more. It's the story of the trumpet in the words of those who play it. What is it about this crazy mass of metal tubing that makes us laugh, cry, want to flat out quit at times, and then keep coming back for more? My name is James Newcomb, and I am thrilled to host this show that brings on world-famous, not-famous, and everything-in-between trumpeters to share what keeps the trumpet blowing and the music flowing. It's the Trumpet Dynamics Podcast, and it begins now. Today is a special day because I was about my business this morning, and all of a sudden, in my email inbox was a notification that the person we're about to hear from in just a couple of minutes had booked a time to um, have a podcast interview with my scheduler. I'm, I'm really excited about it because this is somebody that I hadn't heard of before um, um, until I looked him up a couple of months ago, or heard about him, I should say. But he'd recently presented at the ITG virtual conference, and the topic was Polish trumpet music. And I just thought, man, that's something that we don't hear much about, whether you're in the U.S. or elsewhere. You just don't hear much about trumpet music in Poland. So let me tell you about who we're about to meet and hear from. His name is Slavomir Cikor. Uh, Slavomir is the principal trumpet of an orchestra, the name of which I cannot pronounce, so we're going to hear from him on the correct pronunciation of his gig, and he's also and he's also a professor at an academy of music. I want to know, the burning question on everyone's mind is, what is the trumpet scene like in Poland? I think that everywhere in the world is similar. So if you play well, you have a lot of gigs, <laughs> and we have similar education, most of trumpet players have similar problems with high range, with endurance, and with quality of sound. So I think that we are in normal range world. and endurance is the universal language. Yeah, and and if you start to talk with some trumpet players, is also similar like in other countries that they ask you for your equipment like mouthpieces trumpets <laughs> how you warm up so it's very so similar. You, you all are a bunch of nerds just like everybody else yes this is right. what i think <laughs> okay if you go to like say your, your students at the academy what's the process like to get admitted and what kind of music do you play the Haydn concerto or bach brandenburg or what does that look like we have three steps of education Mm -hmm. And first is fundamental step, second is middle, and third is academic. And for uh, access to college, you have to have uh, these two uh, steps before. And in the audition, usually students play some 
trumpet highlights like Arutunian, uh, Hummel Concerto, Hein Concerto, and some French music also. So it's, it's very similar like other European countries. So it's not that much different. Yes, yes. Okay. I, I think that we change it last two or three decades because when I was younger, I, I think that was bigger difference because you know that Poland was in a communism era and we haven't much contact with all the world, just Russian. You, you all spoke Russian. Yes. <laughs> and, and then and then you learned the real language. English, which all pure people of the world speak. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I tried to learn, but it's not so easy. <laughs> no, it's, uh, it so, is very difficult, but uh, I think you're holding your own. <laughs> I should to learn more, but you know, like many of trumpet players, I'm lazy. <laughs> well, you're, you're occupied and you're busy. And uh, when you're older, you don't, you, you, you can't just sit down and learn a language like you can when you're five and six years old. Yeah, yeah. That's why the you have right. <laughs> young kids, they can just learn a language because what else are they doing? They don't have a job. They don't have a wife. They don't have kids to take care of. They are the kid. <laughs> <laughs> you know how it is. It. <laughs> yeah. When did you first start learning English? I uh, started to learn English when I was in high school, but the process wasn't so good because in public education... This is not so easy. You you have just two hours of English in a week, and it's not enough to learn well. So no, I would say so. So truly, I I, I try to learn more as a professional musician for having a chance to speak with other people and work with conductors, you know, mm. or being in the market. I mean, your English is very good. So how did you get so good at it? It's not so good, but <laughs> it's enough. <laughs> it's enough for trumpet players. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and all, always in orchestra, you know, the, the most important is just doing, <laughs> yes, yes, master, yes, master. <laughs> so <laughs> this is what I can yeah. to do. <laughs> He's nodding his head for the you that, that, that can't see. This is an audio show. But yes, it's, you nod, you nod your head, acknowledge, yes, sir, yes, sir. No, I'm serious. I mean, you speak really good English. So, and and you said that when you were learning in high school, it wasn't great. The conditions to learn it weren't optimal. So, when did you get good at it? I think that uh, I have luck and have many good friends, and also in U.S., but in in all uh, the world and. I would like to speak with them. So <laughs> English is, for me, the weapon for... <laughs> the weapon? My contacts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because wow. we, 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 without it, <laughs> I'm just in my home and I, uh, I'm... How is it a weapon? A, a weapon. <laughs> Maybe the, the word weapon is not so good. It's a tool for getting what you want. I agree. Tool. It's better. <laughs> Weapon is too aggressive. I want to know how you got started on trumpet. I started when I was nine years old. And unfortunately, my first teacher was a trombone player. <laughs> it Trump is a funny story. Trombone? trombone. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
this is a funny story because I, when I started to learn trumpet, I have I had very natural embouchure and very quickly I got full range of trumpet. And this teacher said to me that Slavic can't play you 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 can't play so high because you will damage your embouchure. And, <laughs> and I spent a lot of hours with very long low tones. <laughs> well, that's a good teacher. He's right. Yes, mostly yes, but you know how is when you when you are young. <laughs> right. If you're young, he's not right. He's yeah. wrong. Okay, so, exactly. So this trombone player said, if you play too high, too fast, and do too much, you're going to hurt yourself. So you got to stick with the low yes. stuff and play soft and low. Exactly. <laughs> well, that's a bummer when you're 14 years old or nine years old. So you're nine and 10 years old, and you can comes naturally to you, and you can play pretty high from a young age. Yeah, I I I remember that. When I learned to play after half of the year, I played as a soloist with wind band, some small song. So it was very quickly. And I, I did very quick, big step forward. So was it a solo while you were sitting in, in the section or were you standing in front of the band? No, no, I, I, I standing. And how old were you with this? I was n- nine years old. And one year later, I played as a soloist with Philharmonic Orchestra. Wow. What did you play with the orchestra? Neapolitan dance. Wow. Yeah. Is that the, the so, really fast one? That... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> I, I didn't play so fast, but, you know, wow. it, sure. it shows that I could play. <laughs> it came quickly for you. And it was a problem because, you know, when, when you get so quick steps you are not so good practicing and i remember then (laughs) when i was young i i lost a lot of time for very bad practicing okay so you were so good that you didn't feel you needed to practice or yeah 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 this is what i thought just half an hour with instrument is enough and a few times (laughs) next pieces no scales, no routines. No fundamentals. Yeah, exactly. It's all fun and no fundamentals. And I, I think that I still I'm still paying for this. Oh really? Because yeah, 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 yeah. This is what I feel because it changed the structure of your playing. This kind of things I learned during university. So you learned all that in university and you realized, man, I've got some bad habits when it comes to trumpet playing. Yeah. Okay. What was that like? I'm I'm going to I'm going to guess that you got to university and you felt pretty good about yourself. You're like, "Man, I'm pretty good." But then you get in a, a couple of lessons with your teacher and he brings you back to reality. Uh Slavomir, you're not quite that. You're not all that. <laughs> what was that like to like be the star and then go into college and be humbled a little bit? It was very very frustrated. To me and mm. I remember probably many people know that that when you start to practice seriously it takes a lot of energy and and it gives you the feeling that you can't play at all and in the beginning you are totally destroyed so I remember the feeling that I had everything I had 
good range, I have good technique and I can play difficult pieces. And after a few months of practicing, I, I lost everything. So like practicing the fundamentals, the scales and everything, you just lost what you had? Like you couldn't play the stuff that you could play before? Of course, because it's changed my kind of playing. Before this kind of practicing, I I can play 15 or 20 minutes well, and it's finito. <laughs> and after, I started to learn how to be a professional player and can play all the day. And it was really difficult. In this process also, I, I had luck. I won an audition to a Philharmonic Orchestra when I was in second year of my studies. Okay. Which was good for my life because I got the money for, for studies. Right. But not so good for my practicing. And, you know, when I <laughs> combine this orchestra playing with new fundamentals things, <laughs> I was always tired with the trumpet. What part in the orchestra did you play? Uh, usually second trumpet. Okay. So even that is still, it's going to wear you out. And then you have that with your university studies and, and you're basically relearning the trumpet. Yeah, <laughs> was was difficult. Was there ever a time where you were like, I hate this. I am not going to do this anymore. Yeah, I, I remember when I played Hein Concerto in this time and always had problems with high E-flat. I, I practiced it so many times and all the time the same problems. I asked some famous Polish trumpet player from Radio Symphony Orchestra how to work with this place. And he said, strange for me, but now I understand it better that you have to fun in this place and it gives you the power. Now I know that he knows the truth, but... I guess I'm hearing it was mentally and emotionally exhausting. Yeah. That's very interesting. But this fellow just said... Just have fun. If you're not having fun, you're not doing it right. And so how did that change? And truly, I had uh, luck in this, in this moment. To the class of my teacher came very, very talented young boy. Mm -hmm. We named him Golden Boy because he was so talented. He had 15 years old and played everything. I don't know what, what he's uh, doing now, but... In, in those times, he won some international competition in Boston, in Moscow, some prizes. So really talented guy. And it gives me that I don't feel so much pressure from my teacher because I was second in the class. Oh, you're second to this guy. You, you know what I mean. Yeah. Is this golden boy a name that we would recognize? His name is Lukasz Gottschalk. Okay, no. And then the name of my teacher is Igor Tsetsoho, teacher from Belarus, from quite famous class, because you, I don't know how, how to say, but Russia, there are a lot of very, very powerful places for learning trumpet. In Moscow, in Kiev, in St. Petersburg, and also in Belarus is a Volkov class. Many, many good players. I should, yeah, yeah. Be, I should be talking to those guys while I'm here in Asia. Find some interview times that are more do business during business hours type of thing. I want to know about Polish music because, like I said, I don't, 
it's, it, this is totally new to me. And you, you've mentioned it a little bit, talking about uh, your colleague in school and your teacher. But what is the scene like there? I mean, how many, is it like in the U.S. where you go to a university and it's just crawling with trumpet players? Or what, I mean, what's it like there? I don't know how it's in in States <laughs> exactly. But from my knowledge, you have one good thing for trumpet players because people in, in States love trumpet. I think that is one of most important instruments. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It's probably up there with the guitar and the bass guitar as far as popularity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and in Poland, we are opposites. This is the problem that is very popular. Piano is very popular. Violin is very popular. Because we have the tradition from Chopin, Wieniawski, and many great composers from the past. But with trumpet, we, we haven't so good tradition. So even for me, when I'm, I'm a professor and I'm a professional player, but from, from, for my uh, grandmother, I'm still a guy who plays in church because she doesn't understand <laughs> what is my job. And, and, huh. and I think that in the last two decades, we started to change it. So now the trumpet is more popular and I organize uh, two international conferences, which was quite successful. And we have some international competitions winners. So we are growing up with this tradition, but I think that we are just in the middle of the process. It's not so easy to be a trumpet player in Poland. Huh, that's fascinating. Yeah, yeah. And could you believe me? I, I have funny story. I, I hope that it will be funny. I hope so too. <laughs> <laughs> when, when, I, when I played in National uh, Polish Philharmonic in Warsaw, we had a conductor and he thought that if you miss some note with the trumpet, you do it just for fun or for giving him angry or <laughs> yeah, he, he, he really didn't believe that it sometimes happens. And I remember, yeah, I, I see your face. You don't believe. Well, I, I believe you because I've been in the army and I know exactly what you're saying. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. And I, I, I remember we had luck that New York Philharmonic uh, was in tour. There was one concert in, in our hall with Philip Smith as a principal. So yeah, <laughs> just the highlights. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And, I rem yeah, and I remember that this maestro after the concert, said that it wasn't so good because they missed something. The maestro of the New York Phil or your conductor? No, no. Yeah, my conductor. I see. Said. Okay, okay. Because he, he was in the public and, you know, I, I tried to, to pray to Philip Smith because, you know, his playing on life is, is unbelievable. Sure. The sound uh, is, is difficult to even say how, how it sounds on oh, life. And uh, for him, it was just some missing notes. So Phil missed a few notes, as trumpet players maybe do. One. Maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe one. Yeah, maybe one. Okay, so he missed maybe one note, 
And then yeah. your conductor said, oh, I was terrible because he missed a note. And I remember it was very, very difficult time because I had the feeling that from first rehearsal to the concert, I can't miss nothing. Wow. Oof. Now, I, I, I want to clarify for people listening, because I said something about the army, and I wasn't referring to musicians in the army. I was talking about when I would be in situations where I would be like by myself, like a, a funeral or something, playing taps. Some of these guys, they just, they, they don't understand. They think that you just put your mouth on the mouthpiece and you buzz and everything works perfectly. They think it's like pressing play on a machine and, and it's, it, it sounds great. They can't comprehend that it's a very physical thing. I, I don't know if anybody got like overtly angry with me, but I think that some people that were not musicians, especially in that military environment, I, I think they didn't understand that it's a really difficult thing and it's a lot of variables and there, there's a lot that can go wrong. And even someone who's well-trained on it, like you just said, Phil Smith missed a note. Well, for us yeah. listening, we're like, so what? He's a, every, Everybody misses a note. But you're existing in this environment where if you miss a note, he's going to look at you. You feel like you're in trouble. Maybe your job is on the line. Exactly. Wow. Well, it might be funny now, but I'll bet it wasn't funny back then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you know that, that this kind of things gives us very difficult position in the music because trumpet have a lot of has a lot of difficult parts in orchestra and if you can't miss you always afraid to play for example if you play some alpine symphony or this kind of works not even uh, difficult but difficult to listen also when you are in the orchestra and you can't miss is, is, is really, really bad for playing, for, for players. And also it gives a special kind of view of trumpet players that many people in, in, in orchestra, it, it changes. Well, this, what I say, is from the past, but many players thought that it's very easy to be a trumpet player because... You, you have not so many notes, and if you have some notes, you miss these notes. So this kind of stupid thinking about our instrument. I'll bet that that had to have been very difficult to exist in, in that environment where you're, yeah, you're, yeah, you're yeah. like in constant fear. Yeah, exactly. And, and if I can uh, say about my experience is that when I visited uh, States first time, which was when? When did you first visit the U.S.? It was in 2011 or 2012. I, 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 I don't remember. And I started to watch the people, musicians, players, trumpet players. I found that <laughs> you have some different kind of feeling in the stage. And I was really surprised because for me being in the stage was, like you say, very anxious <laughs> and stressful. So I couldn't find good feeling dur during playing for the audience. And I, I saw how you can play so easy. In the stage, I, I I say generally because you know, I, I I haven't so big knowledge about the stage, but I remember the feeling. 
it was really impressive for me. And I think that it changed me and, and the place where I am now mm-hmm. is because of it. So I, I, I really had luck <laughs> to understand. Where in the U.S. did you did you go and perform? I were in the Grand Valley State University and Grand Valley Trumpet Seminar with Richard Stolzel and many, many other good players in those times. Okay, so you were performing at the Trumpet Festival? Yeah, I was a, a part of the staff. Okay. And I, I have the opportunity to speak with them and some really, really top players like Rex Richardson and Vince DiMartino, you know, many... Alan Vizuti. <laughs> yeah, of course. Everybody so, knows those those three. Uh, well, I'm sorry, who was the first player you mentioned? Richard Stolzel is a professor from Montreal. I know the name. I don't know that much about him. So, okay, so you're at this trumpet festival, and you're saying that you were performing in front of trumpet players, and that was just much, much more pleasant. What I mean, what was the difference between that and Poland? I felt these good emotions. And, you know... <laughs> If you can't find good emotions in the audience, in the friendships, the playing is different because you are not fighting. Mm. <laughs> you know, maybe this this word weapon, which I used, is because for us sometimes playing in orchestra is like fighting. And this kind of words. So, for example, many of my friends... <laughs> say to name uh, trumpet my weapon not my equipment you know and it shows that we are fighting too much and this atmosphere which i felt was so different and i i felt that i i don't need to fight just play just have fun this is what i'm trying to do now so i would guess that that changed things for you you visit the us and you have that experience and you go back to Poland and you think, I want more of that. I enjoyed that. How did that change your approach and your mindset towards music after that experience? It changed a lot. For example, uh, in the pan- during the pandemic time, I've got a proposal for playing a Brandenburg concerto in the broadcasting concert. And mm-hmm. it was my first performance of this uh, work. And probably... <laughs> Before, I will never agree, because you know that feeling with you are broadcasting and it's different than just normal concert. Probably I, I will feel that not safe to play this kind of repertoire. Now I'm more open and if I got this proposal, I, I thought that this is the best time for do it because I'm in good endurance and I feel good in the stage so I don't do it so this is the kind of change so you're willing to take opportunities that you may not have taken because you were you were afraid of missing notes yeah yeah exactly wow that it's just um, fascinating to hear how that type of environment affected you but you're still but you're still a professional you mean you a professional player playing in a professional group, you powered through it, and then all of a sudden, late in life, changed everything. That is an amazing story. Yeah, and, and you, you know, 
that I'm missing less notes. I'm sure you are because you enjoy playing more. Of course. <laughs> You're not yeah. afraid of it anymore. Exactly. Let's talk about your recent presentation at ITG. And uh, I don't, I'm, I'm not asking you to recreate it or represent, but I, I, I'd just like to know if you could maybe share a couple of highlights from the presentation or share a little bit about Polish trumpet music. It's very interesting because uh, when I uh, work on my dissertation, I found a lot of materials from the past. I think that mostly from uh, 18th century, which shows the trumpet in, in those times in, in Poland was very, very powerful. And I was really surprised because you can even find some information that Prince of Prussia, who was also King of Poland, took Polish trumpet players to his court in Dresden for playing for him. And it's very, very interesting because in those times, if you know something about the history of trumpet, was probably the most powerful time uh, Germany countries. So, so you have so many players in, in Leipzig, in Dresden, all these countries. And, and I found some music, which is even most, more difficult than Brandenburg Concerto, for example. I'm sorry to interrupt, but what was the time frame of this? 1750. Really? 1760. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay, yeah, so they're yeah. playing on natural trumpets at this point. Yeah, exactly. Okay, yeah, yeah, got, yeah, it, yeah. got it. And, and, and when I started to think about building my solo career, I still remember about this history. And in my dream uh, was to create some new Polish music, because I think that we have some tradition maybe from the past, because, you know, the, the history of Poland is very complicated. And I think that good music also built a position of instrument. And in my mind was the idea that if we will have many good works for trumpet, probably the trumpet will be most, more popular. So I asked some friends to compose the music. And now... I, I think that there's more than 30, 40 good works for trumpets. Really? Uh, written in, in, in last decade. Wow. Yeah, yeah. and, and I, I'm really happy from this. And during my recital, I wanted to present some of these pieces. And most, mostly a new trumpet concerto written for me by Mr. Grzeszczak. <laughs> it's a very difficult name, <laughs> but great composer. <laughs> and I, I think that this is kind of concertos like Jolivet or Tomasi, which are not so difficult, but really interesting for the audience. So if you are a good player, you can play without special virtuosity, but the public still is interested. I, I don't know. Do, do you understand what, what I mean? It's not terribly challenging for the player, but the audience enjoys it. Exactly. And, yeah. and, and I think that this kind of music is what we need because we have few virtuosos for giving more, more popularity. We need some works which are playable for everyone. And, and 
I asked composer for write something like this. And I also tried to compose myself. So I, in my recital, there were three pieces composed by, by, by me. Yeah, this is the kind of my, my trying to find my way. I'm a little jealous. Uh, I, I, I think that jealous, I mean about the jazz players, because when you are classical music, musician you have to play music which is written for you and you you can perform but just from notes and and i think that that people who really create music have more interesting job and my my writing music is is trying to create something it's fascinating some of these pieces that you that you just described that are written in poland in the last 10 years can you name one or two pieces that will be familiar to American trumpet players, and can we can you compare them to something that we would know? Yeah, so so this concerto which I which I said, I think that is similar to Jolivet. We can say the language is different, and this is very funny because we have in Poland really really interesting musical language. We have a lot of our folk music, also a tradition of modal music from the past, and it gives really special language. So, for example, do you know uh, Penderecki Concertino? I don't know. I don't. This is what I what I really recommend to to players. It's quite famous piece uh, because was written to Gabor Boldocki, Hungarian trumpet player winner of Maurice André competition in, I don't know, but he's, he's quite famous in Europe. And this concertino is similar kind, similar kind of style. So you have interesting phrasing, a lot of technical things, but not so difficult, not extremely high range. A lot of difficult rhythm sections. I, I think that the Polish trumpet music is it, it looks like the music for other instruments like violin or so we haven't this kind of typical uh, mm. phrases like in American. For example, if you say take some uh, pieces by Stevens or Kenan or what is popular in states, there are some typical phrases and. You have m- many quart queens like fanfare music in, in Poland. Composers don't use it at all because they don't know the tradition of trumpet. And this is the difference that your music is, is built on the tradition of wind bands, of trumpet as a very, very popular instrument. And our composer, composers are building something from beginning. So they, they don't know that this is easy for trumpet and this is very difficult. They don't know. They just write. I've seen pieces like that. I, I can I'll look at a piece and say, this guy doesn't play trumpet. Whoever wrote this, yeah, 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 he yeah, doesn't. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, All right. Yeah. Well, man, I tell you what, when, you, or when I got the email saying that Slavomir Chikor had booked a podcast interview for 7 p.m. tonight, it, it was about six hours prior to the to the call, I didn't realize I was going to be talking to a genuine trailblazer of the music scene in Poland. Quite frankly, I had really had no idea what to expect at all. 
but I have I've just been enthralled with this interview, and I hope that people listening in got some value out of it as well. But uh, it was a real pleasure and a real honor to have you on the show. Hopefully, we can do it again sometime and go into more detail, maybe about things you're up to and trumpet music in Poland. But uh, I have to say, just really, really a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you. Thank you very much. For me, it was also a pleasure. And I, I hope that my language problems <laughs> were not so big. I think people listening carefully can notice a slight improvement just in the short time we've been talking. I think you got just a little bit better. But this is how you get better, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So probably I, I have to have more interviews for develop my language. <laughs> Absolutely. That's how you get good at it is by practice. And keep it fun. Thanks. Thanks a lot. Well, thanks for pressing play on today's episode. Make sure you press that little subscribe button on your podcast player if you haven't already, so you'll never miss an episode when they publish. And if you want to dive deeper, you can visit me on the web at jamesnewcombontrumpet.com, where you'll find ways to connect with me via social media and even a customized mobile app that has a plethora of material I think you'll find interesting. Again, that's jamesnewcombontrumpet.com. This is James Newcomb signing off.